I'm so excited to share tonight. I felt so honored when Jake uh, asked me to share on Acts Community. I get to close out uh, just the series on Devoted uh, this week. So, yeah. Uh, if you guys don't know me, my name is Melanie. And I work in the discipleship program. Whoop, whoop. I know I see so many familiar faces here. So today I'm going to be uh, sharing on Acts 2.42. And um, I'm just going to read that to you again. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So today, as I was thinking about Acts community and what Jake said, he's like, Melanie, I just want you to share. If you had to share tomorrow on community, what would you share? not going to think too hard in this. And I woke up in like the middle of the night and I just brain dumped all of my first ideas and I ended up using them. So today I'm going to share with you a few testimonies, a few moments in my life along my journey to stepping into Acts community. So my hope for this message is that one of these moments will resonate with you and will encourage and empower you as you step into living a devoted Acts 242 community. So I invite you to take a journey with me. We're going to go back in time, and we're going to visit some of these moments in my past. Are you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. So the first moment. We're going to rewind back to 2004. 2004. Who was not alive then? Please. There's some people. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That's so cool. Uh, we're going to rewind to 2004, to the first moment when I realized that I was isolated and wanted more for my life. So I was about 14 years old at this point, and I was really into Boy Meets World. Raise your hand if you know that show. Awesome. Yeah. Anybody else? You got to love those coming-of-age sitcoms, you know what I mean? I was obsessed. I would watch it every day after school at 5 and 6.30 p.m. when they used to have cable. Remember that, you guys? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. You, had to, you really, really felt grateful for when you got to watch the show you wanted to watch. And for, the, <laughs> and for those moments when I was watching the show, I felt like I was transported out of my room into a world full of moments of friendship, intimacy, and adventure. Can you guys relate? Maybe for you, it's a different show. Friends, The Office, whatever it is, people find themselves uh, reveling in those moments, living vicariously in the story alongside the characters. It's addicting. It's so addicting. What is it about these things that are so magnetic? The close quarters, the everyday you're doing life together, you're so known by people, growing together, committed to each other. You're loyal. You all choose each other magically and mutually. You're a family. You pursue each other. You sacrifice for each other. You're vulnerable. You have hilarious misadventures. Hashtag pivot anyone. Yeah, there we go. My friends love this mission. Or maybe you have a common mission together. But I have a question about this. Why is it that people are drawn to the stories on TV but live day-to-day -day disconnected and longing for more? 
I had that realization the moment that I finished the last episode of Boy Meets World. The incredible finale unfolded, and then, just like that, the commercials ran, and that was the end of it. I was hit with a flood of emotion. It felt like I had just gone on a life-changing journey with them all. The emotions, the ups and downs, the laughter, the tears. Think about your favorite show and the moments it ended. You just felt like you were just with them. But then I realized, suddenly, I was back in my room, confused, in the same chair I had spent months after school in, and I had this sobering snap back to reality. These aren't my friends. Those aren't real people. I was alone in my room. I had all of these feelings, and I realized that none of it was real. I wasn't a part of that. I was just living through it. At that moment when I was 14, I felt overwhelmed with emptiness and dissatisfaction. In that simple moment, I looked out the window, and I realized I wanted more for my life more than living through the screen. There had to be more, I thought to myself. I wanted to live that kind of adventure for real. I wanted intimacy with actual people like that. I wanted to live my own adventure. So I decided that moment at 14 to stop watching TV. Crazy. Like I, I legitimately, for the rest of high school, probably didn't watch television. And I was determined to find true friendship my own story. Looking back, actually, this week, I was realizing that this moment actually started my journey of eventually finding the Lord and getting saved. Before that moment, I thought the only place that kind of intimacy existed was on TV, that it was too good to be true, so I lived vicariously to, through television. But what I would come to find out is that community is possible, TV is unrealistic, guys. It doesn't work that perfectly, okay? So it's okay to release the expectations of, of the perfection of TV to be what your picture of community and health looks like. But Acts community is possible. And I didn't know this at the time, but I was made for that real community. And the truth is, we all are. The truth is, Acts community is what our hearts were made for. We just have to believe that it's for us, too. So my journey to community had only just begun at that moment. But what I later learned is you don't have to be specially chosen by a specific group of people to have that in your life. Because we were made for it, God, he will make a way for it. Amen. Because we were made for it, he, God, will make a way for it. Right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, you guys ready for moment two? Yeah. All right, moment two. We're going to fast forward to about six years ago, to the moment when I realized there was more to my faith than I thought. It was the moment that it got real and personal. So up to this point in my story, I eventually got saved. But unfortunately, I didn't get discipled into knowing about the Holy Spirit. I wasn't free and was very much still in bondage to anxiety and depression. I had Christian friends, but my life didn't look any different on the outside. We weren't really seeking Jesus together. When spiritual things would come up, it was almost like a joke, and it was awkward for my friends when you try to step into things like spontaneously praying for someone. 
I had no idea that things could be better than this. And I was way better off. Um, I was way better off than before until I encountered the Holy Spirit at, drumroll please, Ben Lepsch's house. Haha. <laughs> Yes, fun fact. I was there when Ben and Kendra met each other before they would actually get married. I was... <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't share all the things. <laughs> ben lived in a house with like six other guys. It was giant and crazy. They had these giant community nights together. And they were really fun time as, as friends. <laughs> I literally have this memory. Let me just pause a second. I literally have this memory of Ben jumping off his stairs banister in front of Kendra as they were passionately dis discussing theology. <laughs> he was totally trying to impress her. <laughs> I mean, apparently it worked, but fun times. Anyways, back to the story. So I got invited the first time to their house. And as I entered... The atmosphere was vibrant. There were people everywhere. There were games playing, random instruments strewn on the floor, which if you've been to Bender's house since then, it's not that far off from the truth. Uh, there is this random upright mini piano that like, I remember when I first went there, I was like playing Lord of the Rings on it and it sounded like, oh my gosh, somebody who's a, who is a musician, it's the kind that like you can like blow air into. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so awesome and funny. There's a random accordion laying around, I just, jars of peanut butter everywhere. Ask. <laughs> this is pretty gross. <laughs> but it was so fun. <laughs> I felt like it was a scene from a movie. It was very unconventional and different than anything I'd ever experienced. There were people of different churches and ages I could sense that there was something different about this group of people. And man, when they started playing worship, joy and the presence of the Lord filled the room, and I was never the same. Any moment you guys have um, experienced Holy Spirit worship, it's in community, in communion with others, that authenticity, I mean, you're never the same after that. And after that night, I was no longer satisfied with the community and the lifestyle I was living, even as a Christian. So I kept going to their house, first on weekends, then on weekdays. People gathered, meals were had, communion was shared. Eventually, there was this upstairs room, like in their attic, and it was, it was just this cute tiny space. And um, they said they wanted to make a prayer room. And... My grandma was in the process of actually passing away of cancer, and I had inherited all this beautiful old vintage. Like, there's this trunk and this old map that my grandpa had, and it was crazy, the timing of it. Uh, ben and their house just welcomed me. They're like, hey, do you, do you want to design this prayer room? It's going to be for intercession. I'm like, what's intercession? What is that? Yeah. So I literally brought, like, rugs from my house, my grandma's trunk, um, my grandpa's map, and it was like this gardening was happening in my heart that completely, like a stretcher, transferred 
the mourning loss of my grandma, who was like the closest person in my family, I was named after her, into this beautiful garden of this prayer room that would be used for intercession. And if you guys have ever been in any, uh, you know, small room prayer room, it's just, it's so gritty and dirty and beautiful. And just lives are changed there. And it was amazing. And I'm so thankful for that. So we gathered there together, this hodgepodge pack of weirdos for a greater mission of intercession. We prayed for the world with giant maps. We gathered before elections and big world moments. We prayed for each other. It was just so natural, and it was an outflow of love. It was so authentic. Looking back at this time in my life, it was something that really formed me into my passion of prayer, intercession. Um, it's where I first heard of the bands House Fires and United Pursuit. <laughs> Great bands. Now it's like Maverick City. Amazing. It was great, honestly, thinking back and like what made it different, but it's because it didn't center on ourselves. And to add to it, I didn't have to have experience in it to have been changed by it. It was caught more than it was taught. It wasn't forced. It wasn't people just trying to be spiritual. It was birthed out of genuine followers of Jesus and their authentic expression of love in that community. True revival was experienced in my heart in that season, so much so that it caused me to actually leave the church that I used to attend and an entire friend group that I used to have. For that season of that community, I was truly marked by the Lord. And eventually, there was a transition in that house, and some people got married, moved on. That's awesome. They did. But I knew that a new bar was set for me for community. I wanted to live in that kind of community that I had found for that season, and I would do whatever it took to have it in my life. This brings us to moment number three. The moment when I realized healthy community takes protecting integrity and your words above all else. It takes buy-in to work through conflict. If any, any, anyone hasn't realized that yet through their own relationships in their life. And if you refuse to talk through it, your friendships won't last through it. So Proverbs 16.28 says, A whispering gossip ruins good friendship. It doesn't sound like a very intentional, like, talking at, intentional, divisive plan, but a whispering gossip. How many people, like, actually find themselves in that more than they realize? I do. So this story, this moment is the moment of my first attempt at an Axe Community House and how it fell apart. I'd been going to a ministry called The Barn at Grand Valley, and I'd met some amazing girls, like-minded in heart and spirit. We eventually dreamed about moving in together and living in intentional community. Yes, okay, we're going to have a house for girls this time. We were so excited. We found a house and started praying together. We even met some older girls who used to be connected with B-Shop, for anyone who knows that. Uh, we invited them over to mentor us in how to start an intentional community house. We were so excited and could not wait to see what the Lord was going to do through that season. And as we started doing life together, however, natural conflict eventually came up between two of the girls. I won't get into it, but what I'll say is we did not have the tools, wisdom, or emotional maturity to know how to work through conflict healthily. 
those two girls did not go to each other to work through it, first off. And ironically, they both confided in me in attempts to seek mentorship on what to do. Well, I'll just say I got stuck in a hard place. Pro tip, when you're involved in a group of friends, the mentor you should seek is an older, wiser person outside of that friend group. So say that, say that uh, with me, outside of that friend group. Older, wiser person than yourself. Yes, you avoided what I didn't. <laughs> Hopefully. Learn from me. Remove from that situation. My bad. We didn't know what we didn't know. I ended up inadvertently getting in the middle of the drama in attempts to mediate. It was an earnest effort. But they should have gone directly to each other to communicate and I should have set healthy boundaries to stay out of it. This would have been the honorable and loving thing for me to do, protecting their relationship with each other and my relationships with them. Things got really messy. And when things finally were out in the open, one of them was really hurt. So hurt that she actually didn't want to work through anything, despite many attempts of, our, our, of my other friend to work through it. The hurt, um, the hurt girl in our group decided to move out immediately. The other fourth roommate not involved also followed suit. We were all devastated. Our dreams for a community house ended because we didn't know how to communicate healthily or work through conflict. There wasn't full buy-in in relationship or safety and trust built to withstand the drama. We weren't wise in our powerful people skills which if you haven't heard of that before, it's an awesome series that Jake teaches about healthy communication. Um, you can also find it in Keep Your Love On, the book. And we were susceptible to the enemy's divisive plans to destroy our dream. What I learned from this was even though we weren't necessarily seeking drama and we had uh, well-meaning intentions to work it out, we were ultimately engaging in slander and gossip. Slander and gossip can destroy relationships and actively erodes the heart and the foundation of a healthy community. Healthy relationships take work. It takes powerful people skills, access to mentorship in your life, and a commitment to work through conflict. Guys, conflict is a guarantee in community. Conflict doesn't mean that there's something wrong. It will come. You can work through it if you have the skills and the commitment to work through it. But this takes ownership, courage, and initiative. This was a really hard lesson to learn, but I'm grateful for it. This leads us to our last moment. This year, when I realized I wasn't supposed to wait to find a community to follow along with, but I was meant to build one. So at the beginning of this year, I said, okay, God, what's burning on my heart? What's the word you have for me for the year? And my prayer for this year in January was Acts Community. Funny that I'm sitting here right now. I wanted what I had at Ben's house again and all of those pockets of experience throughout my life. I had grown in wisdom and character since then, and I started praying for opportunities to plug into at the beginning of this year. And I wanted to activate this growing passion and desire for Acts Community. Well, 
Several months went by, and I'm not blaming it on COVID, but just several months went by and no opportunities opened up. I was very frustrated, and I wondered, why aren't doors opening up, and what am I supposed to do with this great desire? And then I had a moment in my spirit where I felt like God showed me, and he like took me up kind of high above myself and kind of bird's eye viewed into all these moments that I'm sharing with you now, and all these little pockets of my life. And he showed me all the pieces of wisdom that I'd gained from all those experiences, all the mentors he put in my life to show me the way, all the lessons I'd learned, and the fathering he's done in my life. And I realized, and he told me, that I had what it takes. I knew what to do. I wasn't supposed to wait for someone else to spearhead the thing that was burning on my heart. It was burning on my heart because it was what I was called to do. Loki, I like repented after that moment. I was like, dang it, God, you're so right. It was like this crazy aha moment. And I was filled with passion and fire. So I shared my dream with my current roommates. I was like, okay, what do I start with? And from the discipleship program, Nick talks about spiritual practices. And something that he says, which gives so much freedom, is, you know, don't, don't try to change all your life in like one day and just create these crazy big unrealistic expectations of change that require time to build. Start with something small and commit to that. So Res Life does this thing called Pray First at the beginning of every year. Who's done it before? Anyone? Yeah, a lot of people. And they have something what's called seven at seven. So I kind of took that idea, shared it with my roommates. Um, and I asked for seven minutes a week with my roommates a small commitment to start to pray for each other, just for the week. That was it. And you'd be surprised, even finding a time for that, we had to talk through that. And I was like really serious about asking them, guys, can you commit to seven minutes? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, it's fine. <laughs> but like I knew, like when you ask somebody for buy-in, week four, guys, the hype is going to wear off. And what you're really asking of people, like buying is just, it's so important. So it's really good to start small. When you're doing any kind of goal in your life, it's good to start small. I've learned much freedom through that. But that decision changed the culture of our house. Over time, we, were, we no longer felt like roommates living our own lives, but a family that's cheering each other on and committed to each other through prayer. We all come from different backgrounds and denominations, but it's a beautiful picture of the global church, unifying in one house around one table with the central worship, fellowship, and communion through Jesus Christ. Currently, oh, sorry, not currently. I mean, currently, yes, that's happening. <laughs> but our house was covered in prayer, and it didn't feel like a house anymore. It felt like a home. It feels like a home. It's awesome. You guys should come over sometime. <laughs> Have you all over. But prayer is now a natural overflow of conversation in our house. And I find myself doing it more and more passionately, passionately and regularly. Last night, sitting on the floor uh, next to my rooms with, uh, next to our room with one of my roommates, she's one of my closest friends, she couldn't be here tonight, but we were just, she's like, okay, can I pray for you to, for tomorrow? I'm like, sure. And we pray for each other. We just pray a lot in our house now. 
awesome. Literally, just the, the momentum is built. And we ended, up, <laughs> we ended up staying up to like almost midnight. And I just was praying and praying and praying. She's like, man, <laughs> you could just pray all night. I'm like, I couldn't tell you that a year ago. But it's amazing. Compassion and unity overflow in the culture of our house. We decided that we wanted to add a nightly dinner together on top of our weekly prayer, and we do communion together. So now I get to do communion twice on Mondays, one with discipleship, one with my house. We have current dreams of building community with our neighbors, bridging generations, denominations, and cultural diversity into our community. God's idea and answer for me started with ownership on my part. We as a house community had to commit to something small and build on it. Prayer and communion are so powerful. And I really believe that those were two of the main reasons that our momentum was built. So I have some last thoughts for you as I wrap up my time. I sought my whole life for intimacy. I also spent 10 years wandering as a Christian in and out of different friend groups, living for the day, living for plans. But I was still finding my source in people instead of God. Just as I have realized my need for community and that that desire for community is a good desire, we were made for it, I realized that my need for a posture of entering into community, it was important for me to not seek people to receive my spiritual fill. We were made for more than living our life through sporadic moments of spiritual highs at events, you guys. We are meant to be held up by community and do life together. We cannot rely off of other people's personal relationship with God to be our well source. The well is Jesus, but the well is also a meeting place. We are meant to be held up and do life in community together, but Jesus is our source. We can't rely on other people's initiative for us to have community. We each have what it takes, and we are chosen. Acts community is built on personal ownership, community buy-in, spiritual practices, personal teachability and health, mentorship, and a personal commitment to Jesus as our source. So I just want to invite you guys to just take a minute and just ponder on all the things that I said. And I just want to invite anybody who wants to take any step forward in their community, regardless of what I said, I invite you to stand up, and I just would love to pray over you. God, I thank you so much for this devoted series. Thank you for the way you pursue each and every person in this room. Thank you that you have chosen each and every one of them. Thank you that the best in our life is not meant to be found through a screen or through watching some other person who may be really outgoing 
living their best life and you're just on the outside feeling like, oh gosh, I'm not chosen. This isn't, like, I can never do that. We each have a part to play in community. As part of the body, we each have a special gift in community, whether that's encouragement, initiation, activation, faithfulness, rallier. We don't have to have a certain personality type to be a part of community or to start something. We each have what it takes, and we're each chosen by the Lord. God, I ask that you grow each person in this room in revelation and knowledge of who you are. I pray for that encounter in their personal time with you, that they can know you as well, source. That they can experience you like they've never experienced you. That you can meet each and every one of them at that place where their longing starts and a dream begins. I ask that you birth in people in this room passionate dreams and fire of the Holy Spirit to start community in the circles of their life. To maybe say yes, to say, God, like, I don't know what that really means to have you as source or well source, but can you show me? Can you invite me into that? Can you, can you walk with me? I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit over everybody in this room. I pray for wisdom and knowledge and teachability of heart and a discerning spirit to identify when we're falling into slander and gossip, that we can be owners of our community and establish culture of honor in each of our lives. And it's especially the hardest with our peers, God. Help us be conduits of honor, that we can be influencers for the kingdom. I ask God that you just bless everybody in this room and that we can unify together as the church to be an Acts 242 community. And we can take this community and this church and spread the gospel into the world and into our spheres of influence. We thank you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. <laughs>